Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning again, and Happy New Year once again. As we gather here, we focus in on God's Word. We're going to talk about second chances. So do that, let me kind of prod you here a little bit, and prod you with this question. What is your favorite video game? Think about that for just a moment. I mean, because we, we span a number of generations. For those of us that are here in person, to those joining us live stream, your favorite video game. I mean, some of the top video games of all time are games like Minecraft. Anyone like Minecraft? You know, or maybe you like Counter-Strike. And some of you are going, what is Counter-Strike? Or Grand Theft Auto. No one raised their hands here. Uh, maybe you like Angry Birds. This is still considered a, a popular video game. I didn't know that was still around. You know, or Call of Duty. Or video games like Super Mario Brothers. There you go. There's a few people that we know what that one is. Or we too sports. A little sports action there, especially in Nebraska. Or Pac-Man. There we go. A game that a lot of us, even if you're on the more chronologically gifted side or the less chronologically gifted side, that means if you're older or younger, um, you might know some of those games like Pac-Man or Super Mario Brothers. Now, my favorite video game growing up was Space Invaders. I played a lot of those other games, but I love Space Invaders. I love this idea that you sat there and often we'd go to either an arcade, you know, we'd ride a bicycle there with our friends, or we'd go to like a Circle K or 7-Eleven, and we'd go there and we could just, you know, keep plugging in those quarters, unless it's a nickel arcade, and you plug in those nickels and you play Space Invaders. Like, you know, like, like my sound effects, right? Gotta have sound effects. You know, and, and if you know Space Invaders, they're, they're coming down the screen and they get more and more. And you gotta keep maneuvering their drop of lasery things and, and their little thing. And I don't you know what they call them, but it, I did that. You know, I could spend hours playing the game. And of course, you know what happened? I go, and you, what, died. But it's great, you had a couple lives, right? And eventually, it was your last life. And what'd you have to do? Well, you, you had to put another quarter in real quick, push, you know, play again. You got another chance, a second chance to beat the game, to live once again. And in fact, that's kind of one thing all these games really have in common is you, you have the opportunity to live again. You get an opportunity for a, a second chance. And as we begin a new year, often as we begin New Year's, we're looking for that sense of a second chance, a, a restart, a reboot to our lives, especially maybe this year, 2021, because you look back at 2020, I don't know if anybody would raise their hands and say, 2020 was the best year ever! It was a challenging year. Even if there were some great things to celebrate in 2020, there was a lot of things that made 2020 challenging, difficult, frustrating, overwhelming. Fearful. And as we do that, as we come to the beginning of this new year, as we look for an opportunity for something different this year, we look into God's Word. And we're going to take a look here at Titus 2.11, which we heard just a few moments earlier. And let's read this together. God has shown us how kind He is by coming to save all people. God has shown us how kind He is. God has shown us His grace by coming to save all people. And he just got done celebrating Christmas, so we know that God comes to save all people in his son, Jesus Christ. That's how God comes into this world to save all people, by sending Jesus. It, it reflects the words of Jesus from John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. God loved the world this way, that he gave his only son. So we talk about a God that offers a new opportunity for us in Jesus. Well, let's jump to the end of, of the reading we have for today, 
Titus 2.14. Let's read this together. He gave us life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. So he gave his life. Again, our Savior Jesus gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. So no matter what sin you've had as part of your life, and you look at 2020 especially, I mean, every year we can look back and we can see the sins we committed. If you're like me, there's a lot of sins I committed. I forgot all about what sins they were. You know, they're in one moment, now the other, and gone. Because we're sinful people. But 2020 was a more challenging year, and I know, and if you were like me, there are things that I did trying to wrestle through this. It was probably not the healthiest way. I know I was more aggravated, more worn out, more stressed out about things this past year. And so my relationship with others, my relationship particularly with the family, even my relationship with God reflected that sense of stress and anxiety. It was a struggle to live that out. Yet to know that God came to cleanse us from all of that sin. And that we hear the words of 1 John that if we confess our sins... We tell God, look, God, I know I sinned, that God is faithful and just. He is true to his promise to forgive us of all our sins, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, to make us his very own people. In fact, you know, we see this as a consistent theme throughout Scripture. Throughout Scripture, we see this. We see God's people sinning. All of those great heroes of the faith, they sinned often. And yet we see God give them opportunity after opportunity to follow him to give them that second chance, to give them his grace. Let me give you some examples. How about Moses? Most of us probably know who Moses is. Moses, as we look at Exodus 2, you know, this is Moses. He murders an Egyptian, and, and because of that, he's got to flee for his life. But he doesn't stop there. And he, go, he goes and he lives in the wilderness, you know, gets married, has a family. You know, God in a burning bush goes up and, and talks with God. And God sends him off, and he's supposed to go and with confidence, you know, tell the Pharaoh, let my people go, yet he still lacks that confidence at times. And then he's leading God's people in the wilderness, you know, and God has restored Moses a number of times. And one of those times, you know, he's supposed to take his staff and, you know, beat on the rock so that water will come out, so God's people have water in the wilderness. But Moses, again, frustrated, not trusting God, beats it a number of times. Do you ever do that, you know? You know you should do something like just one time, ever like beat something and just beat on it? Maybe it's a little self-confession. Anyways, you know, he does it, and God, again, God still shows him grace, mercy, and love. Or here's another guy that many of us know about, this guy named Jonah. You know, Jonah and the big, I say fish, not well, because it probably was more some kind of gigantic fish. We don't know. But Jonah and the fish, and if you know Jonah, you know, God called Jonah as a prophet to go to Nineveh, to the Ninevites. They didn't like the Ninevites, and yet God calls him to go and shh call those people to repentance, and give them that second chance. And Jonah says, uh-uh, no way, I ain't going to go. I don't like those people. They're mean, and they don't deserve it. And so he hops on a boat, goes the opposite direction, and the storm comes up, and Jonah jumps off, and big fish comes, swallows Jonah up. He's there in the belly of this fish for three days. He repents. Jonah's given this second chance, spit up, which means vomited up on the shore, and then, you know, Jonah cleans up and, and goes and speaks to the Ninevites who then, you know, repent. They receive this opportunity from God. And Jonah, of course, still grumbles, trying to figure out God's grace, God's mercy, and God's love. Or how about the Rahab? Rahab, you know, this is after Moses is dead and Joshua is leading God's people into the promised land. And God's people are trying to check things out, and Rahab's a prostitute. 
You know, not what we would consider a, a pleasing, you know, occupation. And yet she is given an opportunity to be not only be restored, not only to, to experience God's grace, mercy, and love, but she becomes part of an important lineage. She, she becomes an important part of the lineage of this little shepherd boy named David. If you guys know the shepherd boy named David, you know, David, who, you know, takes that stone and swerves around there and flops Goliath right in the forehead there, killing Goliath. David, the shepherd boy, becomes the king, a man after God's own heart, who sees a beautiful woman, Bathsheba, bathing and decides, hmm, brings her into his house. She's pregnant. And then what does he do? He, you know, calls her husband home from the battle. He's a general. And when things don't work out the way that he wants, says, you go to the very front of the line and in doing so, murders the man. And yet God restores David. God shows David his grace, his mercy, and his love. So Rahab, David, that's all part of the lineage of, of Jesus even. God's grace, mercy, and love. Let's jump to the New Testament. We've got Peter. Peter, this is the, you know, the God who makes a solid confession of who Jesus is. You know, you are the Christ, he says to Jesus, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, on this confession, on this confession I will build my church. And yet, not long after that, Jesus has been arrested and he has his mock trial. And Peter is outside kind of listening in. And three times people say to him, you're, you're one of his followers. We can hear it in your accent. Peter says, not me. I don't know the guy. Three times he denies Jesus. And yet Jesus, the resurrected Savior, restores him. About Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you know Zacchaeus, if you know the song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He was a tax collector. You know, not many of us like tax collectors today. Sorry if anybody knows anyone that works for the IRS. It's just we're not happy about taxes. But back then, the tax collectors worked for a foreman occupying government, the Romans, and they would collect taxes for the Roman government and with the Roman soldiers alongside of them could add to the amount of taxes. And then whatever the Roman government needed, they pocketed the rest. So they were quite wealthy, you know, on you, on, you know, the people they were being taxed. So they were not liked. So when Zacchaeus climbs a sycamore tree, looks and sees Jesus coming, and Jesus says, I'm coming to your house today, Zacchaeus experiences that second chance, God's grace, his mercy, and love. Well, let's move to Jesus. He's now at the cross, and, you know, he's being crucified, and on his right and on his left are two criminals. And one of them, in the conversation, says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Whatever he had done prior to that, Jesus says, that is forgiven. And then it comes to you, me, and everyone. Every one of us. Again, you don't have to look back just at 2020. I mean, again, that was a challenging year. We probably could look and say there are times I said things, thought things, did things that I shouldn't have done or times I should have done something that I didn't do. But every moment of our lives, there were those times when we sin against God, that we rebel, that we tell God, you know, God, I know what you want me to do, how you want me to live, how you want me to treat others, but that's not the way it's going to work for me, God. We do things our own way. Yet God is a God of second chances. Say that with me, right? God is a God of second chances. Right? Wrong. He is, but he's not. 
Listen to what I mean. I mean, I, I, I know we hear this a lot, that God is a God of second chances. The problem is, if God is a God of second chances, the mindset that we sometimes have, the mindset that I'm sometimes guilty of having, that I shouldn't have because, you know, I'm a pastor, so I shouldn't have it, but I do, is that it becomes like a video game. Let's go back to the video games. Whatever your favorite video game, mine was Space Invaders, you're playing that video game, and, you know, you die, what do you do? You get a second chance to play again. And the idea is that if I can do this well enough, eventually I'm going to beat the game. Eventually I'll be good enough to win the game. The problem is we can never win the game. We can never be good enough. So God is more than a God of second chances. Because when we talk about God just being a God of second chances, it misrepresents who our God is. So maybe more of what we can talk about is this here. That you can never go so far that God cannot redeem you, restore you, and renew you. You can never go so far. You can never sin so much. You can never falter or fail so much that God cannot redeem you, restore you, and renew you. The God of second chances misrepresents, first of all, who we are. We are human beings. And as human beings, as Paul says, we all fall short of God's glory. We all fall short of God's expectations. Sin is going to continue to be part of our lives. That doesn't mean we're supposed to willingly say, well, I'm a sinner, so I'll just go do whatever I want to do. It means that even as we say, God, I want to do what would be pleasing to you. I want to do things that bless other people. But like God, sometimes myself that just gets the best of me. Sometimes my anger and my attitude controls me. Say, God of second chances is not like, again, the video game. It's not like, you know, growing up in Arizona, we play football and it, with just the guys, you know, early in the morning because it was hot. You know, you know, and you play like the best, you know, or basketball, the best two out of three, right? But if you lose, what do you usually say? Oh, wait, 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 let's do the best three out of four. Oh, wait, 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 let's do the best four out of five. Oh, wait, wait, wait let's do the best five out of six. You've got to keep pushing it out there, right? Because you've got to see if you can do better. But we can never do better enough, good enough. Because sin is a part of who we are. The second is that God's second chances misrepresents God's grace, his grace, his mercy, and his love. Jesus is the second Adam. Jesus is the do-over. That's how Paul explains it. There's the first Adam, Adam and Eve, the, guy, you know, the Adam and Eve in the garden, that eat the forbidden fruit. So Jesus being the second Adam means that he lives the perfect life of obedience that we can never do. Maybe it's more like you think of a video game that you're just really stinking at this video game and your friend comes and just beats the game. He beats the game and he wins for you. He wins for us. And no matter how many times we may try to win the game, we will never get close enough. We will never win. But Jesus wins for us. And not only that, he suffers and he dies for us. His blood pays the penalty for our sins. You can never go so far that God cannot redeem you, restore you, and renew you. And a God of second chances also misrepresents how we grow as followers of Jesus. We, we grow as followers of Jesus in response to God's grace and love for us. We grow as followers of Jesus by what we call sanctification, of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So we're not doing it on our own. You know, our, our efforts to be generous, to be forgiving, to be patient, to trust God, to show love to others through our words and our actions, that's as God's Spirit works in our lives. As God's grace, mercy, and love works in us to shape and to form us. 
So yes, as we look back at 2021, as we look into 2020, God is a God of more than simply second chances. God is a God who redeems, restores, and renews. A God who loves you. A God who came to save you. Let's go back to Titus 2.14 and hear those words again. Let's read those together again. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. And that commitment to doing good deeds, that is not like playing the video game, hoping we're good enough to earn God's love. That is a commitment to saying, God, your love for me is shaping me. You have forgiven me all of my sins again and again. So your spirit working in me, I live my life as a new person in you. So here's a challenge as we step into a new year. And the challenge is more of a reflective challenge. But just reflect on this. What does it mean for you? For you. For you, for me, it might mean something different. What does it mean for you that God will always redeem, restore, and renew you? For me, as I look at 2020, and I think how I wrestled through some of the things of 2020, just also the normal wrestling through life, that means, you know, it's not about how much I tried or how much I failed. That means God still loves me. Me. For as many times as I was mouthy and bitter or angry or honking at somebody in the um, roundabout. I talk about it a lot. Got to go fast, people. You know, whatever that is, that God redeems me. That that is not up to me. That even as a pastor, that I look and say, you know, it's not that I, how good I am, but how much God loves me. And how much he's given to me, he's given to you, to all of us, to every one of us in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your amazing grace and love. We thank you that you redeem, restore, and renew us. Lord, we can never go so far. We can never fail so much that you will not redeem us, restore us, and renew us. We thank you for the grace, mercy, and love that is ours in Jesus. Lord, help us as we today and as we enter this new year to reflect on that and how that shapes our lives. And we may live in that love and grace. We pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.